0: Hello, Providence Church. As Pastor Mark said, I'm Pastor Regina, and it is such a joy to be able to be with you and worship with you in this way. Our scripture passage today comes from Exodus 17, 1 through 7. Hear these words. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, But there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, "'Give us water to drink.' Moses replied, "'Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test?' But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, "'Why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst?' Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb, strike the rock and the water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel And he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Have you ever been on a long car trip and the inevitable question comes from the back seat? Are we there yet? It's quite possible that you've only been on the road 10 minutes and you have an eight-hour journey ahead of you, but the question still comes, and then it comes again and again. Before becoming a parent, I thought that this was a stereotype that we placed on children. Certainly, you map out the trip for them, go over how long it will take. You have all of the snacks, all of the activities to keep them occupied during your drive, and you're good. My husband, Jeff, and I have a laugh about these stereotypes that we thought weren't real before we became parents. Our daughter is five years old, and back in July, we got in the car to journey on an eight-hour trip to the beach. About 10 minutes in, the question came from the back, are we there yet? It came more times throughout that eight hours than I knew what to do with. I remained patient, but I finally said, my baby, we will get there when we get there. Evie May replied, but this is taking forever. We are never going to get there. Isn't it interesting how our concept of time gets skewed when things aren't happening on our timeline or they aren't happening how we want them to? Whether you're five or you're 55, we are people who like to be in control. The people in this story in Exodus are the Israelites. They're being guided by Moses who God sent to deliver them out of Egypt where they were in captivity. They felt like they had little control. In these short few passages, the people are passing, are expressing that they are in need of water they're thirsty and there's no water to be found. The people even say that they think they are dying of thirst. It seems rather grave. If we're just reading these few verses, we see that their complaining makes Moses rather annoyed. Moses even cries out to God, fed up with the people, unsure of what to do. God gives Moses guidance on how he will provide water, and then he does so. These few verses sound like a good life lesson. We're in need, and God will provide beyond our wildest expectations. But I think that there's more for us here. How long were the people actually without water? And how long had they been in the desert and would they be in the desert? If you heard my daughter in the back of our SUV, you'd think that she had been in the car for a year and would be there for, as she said, forever. She'd only been inside for a few hours, and she had discerned that her fate um, was dire. It felt like a long time to her, and that was real. If we read the rest of the story of the Israelites, we know that they will be in the desert for 40 years, and this was only the beginning of their journey. We talked about this a lot at Providence during this season, and actually, we started talking about it long before. How long is 40 years? A long time. We don't know exactly how long the people had been without water, long enough that they felt they and their children might die of thirst, but their first response is to complain to Moses and, re- and proclaim that God is not a provider or a protector. Was this the first time God was showing the Israelites provision and protection? Or was this the first time they had been in dire need? If we cut back a handful of pages to the beginning of the story, the people had been delivered from generations of slavery. Then the people are being pursued by the Egyptian army, and God parts the Red Sea, making a way for the Israelites to be led to safety. In the heat of the moment in chapter 14, believing that the Egyptians would recapture them, Moses proclaims, "'Do not be afraid. Stand firm.'" and you will see the deliverance the lord will bring you today the egyptians you see today will you will never see again the lord will fight for you you need only to be still directly following this statement The Israelites witnessed God's provision and protection as they were able to walk between the parted waters on dry ground to safety and watched as the Egyptian army fell before their eyes. The last line in chapter 14 says, And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord, put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. In chapter 15, we hear a song of praise that Moses and the Israelites lift up to the Lord. And then we come to chapter 16. In chapter 16, it's like they never said they put their trust in the Lord or in Moses. Scripture tells us that they are about two months into this wilderness journey. Is anybody out there familiar with a two-month or perhaps, say, seven-month wilderness journey. In chapter 16, the people are complaining that there is no food. They're complaining and wishing for the food that they ate in Egypt. In this chapter, God not only provides bread from heaven, which in the Scripture is called manna, and quail for the people to eat, but God instructs them to save a bit of this heavenly bread and preserve it as a reminder of God's provision. God isn't saying, let's preserve this bit of bread so that you can remember this one time that is only for this one instant that I am going to provide for your needs. God's saying, my children, stop grumbling and complaining. I'm here with you. I see you. I hear you. You are not going to be left to die. Take this and use it to remember my constant presence. You said you trusted me. Now trust me. Now, we come back to chapter 17. I'm not sure how much time has passed since God's initial provision of the manna and quail. The first verse says that they've been traveling from place to place as God commanded, so that sounds like perhaps it's been a while. And perhaps prior to this chapter 17 moment, the people have been asking patiently for water, and we're catching back up to the story where they're already back at the end of their rope. But I think that maybe what I'm seeing here is that the Israelites are quick to complain and quick to attack with their words when they don't get their way in the timing that they think necessary. They're quick to forget what's already been done for them. Have you ever been quick to complain or quick to attack with your words? Have you ever forgotten what's already been done for you? Complaining and being quick to anger is a really easy pattern to fall into. This season has given lots of moments when I've fallen into this complaining um, pit, speaking or thinking things that are less than kind. In fact, just the day after I wrote this sermon, the very next day, I felt challenged and tempted at every turn with these very words. I felt frustrated and was taking deep breaths asking God for patience. I even felt justified in my opinion. Expressing my opinion or thoughts is not wrong. How I do it might be. If I am in a frustrating or stressful situation and can't initially see how the problem can easily be solved, I might snap at the people around me or feel like there's no possible way out. The Israelites fell into this trap rather than discussing things as a team and trying to solve the problem or listening to Moses, the leader that God had given them and saying, what do you think our plan for finding water could be? Or perhaps the Israelites could reprioritize. Perhaps they might have an idea of their own if they took a breath as to how to find water. If there's anything that we can learn from the Israelites, it's that we can go to God in prayer and trust that God will hear us. God will give us a more productive way. The Israelites should still acknowledge that they didn't have water. They were thirsty. That was true. We should and must admit to God when things are hard, but the spirit in which we present our needs to God really matters. We can trust that God will provide us with water, with bread, and with freedom. Complaining and grumbling and being quick to attack never brought people together, I don't think. I'll actually edit myself and say that it does bring people together, but it brings people together to produce more negativity, severed relationships, and a lack of God's actual vision for his people. Complaining and being quick to anger will leave us in the desert for longer than 40 years. We won't find our way. Is the promised land closer than we think, but we're too flustered to see the pathway to get there or know who to ask in the first place? If we want to get to the promised land, we have to stop grumbling, and we have to speak from a place of respect and love. Have you ever been lost? I have. I have the worst sense of direction. It's a really, really large talent. In fact, 16 years ago, I had just moved to Nashville to go to Belmont for musical theater and dance, and I decided one night to venture off campus to take a ballet class at the Nashville Ballet. This was in the days before GPS, if you can imagine with me, so I printed off the directions on Yahoo Maps and began my excursion. Nashville Ballet really wasn't that far from campus, but you could have fooled me because I never actually got there. I ended up in tears calling my parents and asking for their help in getting getting back. I remember saying things in a frustrated tone to them, like, no, mom, I don't see that, or I don't know how I got lost, I am lost though. I know my parents in New Orleans on their dial-up internet looking up directions for their daughter in Nashville um, while they were in New Orleans got a really good eye roll about the fact that I was as flustered and quick to anger as I was. They helped me. The next morning, I took the same route to try and figure it out for myself. Nashville Ballet was less than five minutes away and it was actually pretty easy to find, especially in the daytime. But I got turned around. Because I was in an unfamiliar place, I began to complain, and I got overwhelmed. I couldn't find my way or solve my problem because I lost my focus. The Israelites had been through a lot in a seemingly short amount of time. Hearing them, it sounds like they'd already been in the desert for over 10 years, but from what we can read, it had only been a handful of months. The last seven months have felt like a really long time, haven't they? A lot has, can, and continues to happen in a short amount of time. It has been hard. A lot we are stepping through is really hard, but we can't lose our focus. We're getting flustered. We can't get flustered. Seven months, that's not even 40 years yet. We can learn from the Israelites. We don't have to be the Israelites. So who should we be instead? We should be people who remember the deliverance at the Red Sea when we can't find our way. Remember the bread from heaven when we're hungry. Remember the water when we're thirsty. Remember that we are all God's people and we are for each other. We are not against each other. If we complain, grumble, argue, verbally attack, disrespect, we will destroy ourselves and we will be in the wilderness forever. We know better. God has shown us, time and again, better. What can we remember today? There's a verse that we just recently journeyed through. It comes from Philippians. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. What if we were to flood our minds and social media posts with these words and reminders? What if we cared more about hearing God than about being heard ourselves? What if we remembered that we have to be for and speak for one another in order to get anywhere at all? I believe God calls us to live counter to the world around us, and I believe that we are to learn from the Israelites and their moments of lack of foresight. As your pastor of outreach, I know all too well that there actually are people in this world and in our community who are actually thirsty and hungry. There are those who truly do not know where provision will come from next. A global pandemic, forest fires raging, record numbers of hurricanes, recovery from tornado, Job loss, isolation and depression, racial and humanitarian injustices, addiction running rampant, unfortunately and sadly, I could go on. I acknowledge these gravely real atrocities and disasters that we are experiencing around us, and again, it has happened in a short amount of time. You at Providence Church have been and continue to be a people who step up to provide for our community in these moments of need. But if you are a person who may be experiencing a need and are listening today, who is actually hungry or thirsty, know that we are here for you and I hope that you will reach out to us because we want you to know that you are not alone and we are here to walk alongside you. But if you're a person today who perhaps has been an Israelite like we see in this story during this season, who's forgetting that God provides and are beginning to complain or be sharp with your words, your thoughts, or your actions. Again, I know I have been a handful of moments and feel tempted to be as well. But let's remember together that now is not actually forever. God has proven to us again and again, God's faithfulness and way. God doesn't have to prove that faithfulness. Could we not just remember Moses's ancient words? The Lord will fight for you You need only to be still. Will you be still and silent with me so we can hear where God is guiding and how God is already fighting for us? I think that we might all get to the promised land together just a bit faster. In the name of the Father who created us, the Son who sustains and redeems us, and the Holy Spirit who lives and breathes in you and me. Amen.